Welcome to Do It For The Gram and Enneagram podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach, Milton Stewart, where we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve ourselves and our communities. I have someone super amazing in the building, which is really awesome. We have an Enneagram 5 in the building. I have Ahmad Wazir in the building with me. Ahmad, say something to the audience. Well, first of all, um, I thank you. It's an honor to be uh, invited on your show, man. I'm a fan of your work, and I think that your work is very, very important. And um, I, I just, uh, I, my name is Amar Wazir. I'm an Enneagram 5, and I've been a student of the Enneagram for off and on about 20 years, but a serious, became a more serious student recently. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I'm going too far now or, or am I supposed to? Ah. No, you're good. You're good. Go ahead and give. So Ahmad gave me a bio when I reached out to him. He was like, oh, here's a bio of my Enneagram, um, like journey kind of deal. And so Ahmad, I want you to kind of just give them kind of a little bit of brief discovery into your um, Enneagram journey. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, sir. Uh, but like I said, I've been I was introduced to the Enneagram and I always hear you say this with your guests. You asked, how did the Enneagram find you? Mm-hmm. Um, I was hanging out with my cousin and we were in a rap group in 1996. I went by his house and he had this book and he said, yeah, man, I've been reading this book called the Enneagram. <laughs> by by Helen, and you know, it's by Helen Palmer, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm a tragic romantic." <laughs> and so I looked at the book, and he gave me the book to read, and I, me and him were very similar. So I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm a tragic romantic too," and um, and that started me on my journey. And from there, um, I grabbed every book I could find from the library. I probably still owe some of these libraries books, and um. Uh, <laughs> And I got my hands on the wisdom of the Enneagram, mm-hmm. um, Riso and Hudson, and then I discovered I was a type five, man. And from there, all, off and on since about 96, man, I've been reading, um, but I've become more a more serious student of the Enneagram recently. Um, I've done a lot of things. And one thing, my wife really is the one who put me on, you know, the serious course. She said, of all the things that you've done. I've done music, I've done poetry, I've done podcasting, but she said the Enneagram is your thing. Mm. And so she kind of pushed me in that direction because she knows I'm passionate. So um, I enrolled on a course, um, your Enneagram coach with uh, Beth Beth McCord. I'm currently Mm. on that course. And also um, I'm a student of Ann Geary of the Enneagram Charlotte. I actually wanted to find somebody local here I'm in Rock Hill, which is about 20 miles outside of Charlotte, and I googled her, and I just like crashed one of her webs, her workshops one night, and uh, not crashed, but I just showed up one day, and and um and then from there I've been following her work. She does great work here in Charlotte, um and so that's in a nutshell, um kind of my journey. Yeah. Okay, and so I think this is amazing to hear from an Enneagram Five. <laughs> just because like you went out and you became action oriented. So that leads into, or that leads into this question of how has the Enneagram impacted you as an Enneagram five? You know, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. Um, one of the things is, and it's funny you asked this question because I was just answering a uh, question somebody asked on Facebook as an Enneagram five, we tend to isolate ourselves mm-hmm. at times and we're social creatures. And so I've always had 
you know, I mean, I'm a social five if if we're going by the instincts. Right. And so even though I socialize, it's like as a as I'm the expert or whatever, but making real connections with people, I've struggled with that, even as a as, as a married man. And so the Enneagram has helped me because I'm aware of when I'm, you know, fixated, when I'm when I'm uh, going down that rabbit hole of pulling away from people. And so the more work that I do on myself, the more I show up, you know, mm-hmm. um, at one time I will walk into a room and I'm just looking to disappear. I'm physically there, but I'm looking for the corner or where to hide and everything. And I'm more present in my life. It helps me uh, in my marriage. I'm married to a two. And wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, I heard uh, Richard Rohr. He's talked about that, like how for some reason we're the polar opposites, but a lot of five and two couples. And it helps me because my wife being one of the more emotional types True. And I, I'm so out of touch with my emotions, so it has helped us get through some, and it's helping us get through uh, difficult times as they occur. I'm a father of nine, and so uh, my oldest is 19, and he's a three. My uh, oldest daughter is a four, so it helps me to mm. relate even to my children, you know, the older they get and when I can type them and everything, man. So it has right. a tremendous impact. It helps me at work uh, dealing with different situations, man, so... um I use it, man. I'm I'm consumed by it. I use it to relate to people, man. But most, more importantly, I, I I'm using it on myself, and I'm I'm hoping to grow out of these fixations and my tendencies to shut down as I do. Yeah, that's great. So, can you you talked a little bit about your wife being a type two? Can you um because I also want people who are in a relationship with fives to um kind of hear like the ways that they can be helped or the ways that they can relate to fives and really get to know them and understand them. So I think the relationship between you and your wife is um, really good, even though like you're almost polar opposites when it comes to emotions and feelings, but it's great because like your type two wife, she's like super strong and feelings are ever present everywhere all the time with her, where yours are kind of like on the side. I don't know how you describe it, but they're like not everly present with you but at the same time you are extremely thoughtful you're always thinking you're always processing which is really good for her as well when the emotions can get they can override you know your ability to think or to make rational decisions you have the ability to be like hmm let's bring in some thought and see what kind of decision we should make so can you just kind of expound on how the five and the two and you being a five has helped in a marriage kind of deal with the Enneagram? Absolutely. You know, um, I credit Enneagram uh, teacher Helen Palmer, uh, one of her books, the Enneagram, uh, I believe it's at work and in love. My, mm-hmm. my, my wife and I were going through some real tough times. And again, as a five, I can invalidate, if I'm not aware and, and conscious of it, I can invalidate her feelings because feelings are messy to to me, but those are very real. That's the way she processes things. And at the same time, um, my way of doing things, it might feel like I'm just like a robot at times. And so we actually sat down one day, but the thing about two and a five is what we have in common is we go to eight. Mm. So <laughs> a, a lot of times, you know, um, even though it is intense, we kind of reach an understanding at eight because I'm coming forward out of my shell 
and, and, and saying what how I'm feeling at the same time, you know, the bubbly, you know, uh, positive spin, she's now saying how she really feels. And so it might be a little tight in the room at those times, but um, those are the times if we're both self-aware of that. And that has helped us uh, tremendously, man. My wife understands that I need uh, uh, time alone. And again, I, the size of my family, you know, me coming home and, and just, you know, uh, having an amount of children that we have is very difficult, but she's very understanding that I need my space. But at the same time, I have to, and I'm working on this, I have to override that compulsion and be more present, you know, right. and I'm aware of that. And so now we're working on where scheduling things because, you know, throwing something out of the, out of the blue at a five can be uh, mm -hmm. very disturbing to us, right. you know. Hey, when I get home for hey, let's go to the park. It's like, oh my God, it's just like you might as well pull a gun out on me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I'm already depleted. You know, as a five, right. I heard somebody describe it as it's like we have a, a a cell phone battery. I can't remember who I heard say this, but I, I believe it might have been Beth McCord, uh, my uh my any my current Enneagram teacher. Mm -hmm. And everybody else's battery is fully charged, but ours might be halfway. So by the time we get home or done. Like I'm, 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 I'm like done, man. And so, but she understands, you know, okay, he needs this time, but at the same time, she makes me to understand, okay, but you have to be present more. And so, um, it's definitely a great tool and it's a work in progress. We haven't mastered it, man. We still, um, have our times and everything, man, but the more self-aware we are becoming is, is, right. is, 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 is getting better. Does your workplace stink because the culture sucks? Are you tired of tolerating people and wish you could all work together cohesively? Does the mere idea of going into work give you anxiety? If you say yes to any one of these, you should probably quit your job. But since you're not going to quit your job, you should contact Kaizen Careers. At Kaizen Careers, we are all about improving workplace performance. We use a unique tool called the Enneagram. The Enneagram helps individuals and organizations become more self-aware. That self-awareness lends into helping organizations with communication, conflict management, and leadership development, ultimately turning self-awareness into self-mastery and creating healthy workplace cultures so you can improve your services and bottom lines. Contact Kaizen Careers at K-A-I-Z-E-N-C-A-R-E-E-R-S.com or Milton at KaizenCareers.com or give us a call at 901 Three three four one six forty four. Um, you spoke on um, energy level. Can you can you explain? Um, you kind of mentioned how Beth McCord talks about like the battery being half charged. Can you explain two different things? I got two different ideas here. Can okay. you explain um, how it feels when a five has like their max energy and what that comes from? And can you explain to people? Um, um, how fives are drained from a daily common encounter like at work or highly social environments. Can you kind of explain those two? Absolutely. Um, and you just reel me back in if I get off the rails because one of the things that, uh, and I say that because maximum energy is something that we're passionate about, man. When a five, I, and I, I go to these workshops um some of uh, Ann Geary's workshops and some of the uh, participants would come to me and say, oh, my my, my uh, son is a five or this mm -hmm. person is a five or my my 
uncles of five, how do I get them engaged? I said, just ask them a question about something they're passionate about and right. you got us, <laughs> you know, we're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to talk and you're going to draw us out of our shell if it's something that we're interested in. So maximum, even just doing this interview, man, I'm passionate about the Enneagram and something that I, I love to talk about, something that I, I love to do. I'm passionate about uh, self-awareness and personal development, you know, um, about books that help, you know, overcome these things in life. So maximum energy is just, yeah, man, uh, me, something that I'm very excited about, something that I'm passionate about, um, you know, in a healthy way. Now, in an unhealthy way, <laughs> five goes to seven. Ooh. Okay. So <laughs> the, all of a sudden, and I, I see myself in action sometimes, man, you know, and I'm thankful for the job that I have now because it forces me to be social. Okay. I'm a, I'm a light rail operator in uh, Charlotte and light rail is interconnected. So you have to deal with people. And so it, I used to do jobs where I would just be like, you know, I've worked security back in the day where I'm like stashed away in some warehouse in a corner. Mm-hmm. That was just, oh, that was just heaven for me, me with my books. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, we're social creatures, so uh, it forces me to engage. But the second part of your question you said was um, situations that would drain us. Yes. Okay. Um, being Just being around people in a social setting can be draining psychologically because I think that, and I deal with the scarcity thing, man, mm-hmm. um, a five and I, I can speak for myself, man. I just feel like I don't have enough. If I had a million dollars in my pocket right now, I probably would still feel like it's not enough. Mm. I don't have enough time. So we, we're like, can we can go into this whole scarcity mindset and so i i you know i'm in this pose of and, and in my job i actually train other operators and everything so i'm with them sometimes you know they'll send them out with me and they're on the train with me eight hours wow. all day and you know and it's good I'm, I'm but i'm sharing with them but when i'm done I'm drained. I don't have anything, you know. Mm-hmm. So we can get into this pose as a five. We do a lot of posing, a lot of social posing as an expert or as the, the wise guy, you know, the, the weird guy, you know, by the river, the wizard or whatever. And uh, But once that's over, it's like, oh, okay. We need time to, to, to think about different things. We need time to process our day. Um, and so those examples, man, any type of social setting, Outside of something that I'm really, really passionate about, man, uh, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm drained. I'm, I'm depleted. Even if it, it looks like I'm having a good time, um, mm. once it's over, man, it's just like I'm heading, you know, for the charger, man. I need to sit yeah. back. I, I'm watching House of Cards. I love House of Cards, so I need to just detach from it or read a book or whatever, man, you know, and, and just kind of recalibrate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's... um. I don't know. This was just going through my head because I know um, fives are they observe, you know, um, they're constantly their brains like constantly putting things together, looking for patterns. And I wonder if um, part of it, the draining part is that because the five brain is working like so much and calculating so much all at the same time that on top of that, seeing all of this social interaction and all these different arrays of conversation 
is that like it's tired because it's doing so much calculation observing. It's not just letting things go by necessarily. It's like looking for patterns and stuff. Hmm, hmm, I wonder about that. Look at that. Mm, mm. So I don't know. You know, like I just. Yeah, um, it's, you know, when you were saying it, I was thinking, you know, when you look at these cartoons and these guys, they put a force field around themselves. Right. See, fives and eights. And this is just my my thing right here. Uh, I said fives and eights are very similar. Eights. They attack mm-hmm. the room, but a five pulls back. But we're both trying to control the situation. The eight controls it by being assertive. A five pulls back into a defensive posture, and we're observing, but we're trying to control the situation. Don't get it twisted. Like we're 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 really <laughs> control freaks. You know what I mean? It's just not right. as outright as an eight. But yeah, man. So I'm I'm in my I'm I'm perched, you know, over here in this corner. And I'm watching the interaction and I'm detached. So even I, I actually had uh, dinner with a, a good friend of mine, Jason. Uh, he's an Enneagram 8. And uh, he was in town the other day and we sat down and we talked. And I, and I said, yeah, man, because I'm comfortable with you, I'm in this. I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you. I'm right here. But the moment you I'm always comfortable around him. He's a good guy. But if he made me uncomfortable, I will be physically here. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of me, I'm trying to make it, it sound sense, even though I'm physically in front of you, mentally, I will just like, it's almost like we leave our body and we're like yeah, watching ourselves. I don't know if, if uh, and I'm showing my age here, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I always give this example, that, uh, the character, the, the brain, his name is Krang. Mm-hmm. And you remember Krang? <laughs> I didn't talk about it, yeah. He was a brain, but he had this body that he mm-hmm. was... <laughs> controlling but the body really wasn't him there was a part of him that was detached but he could get inside of it man that's the perfect uh illustration mm. of a five where we can leave that body at any moment and i'm sitting there and i'm, I'm talking right to you but i'm gone you know what I'm saying? Right. if i'm made uncomfortable and everything man so yes yeah, absolutely man. so my mom's a five and she talks about that too where if a situation where she gets uncomfortable, she will go into her brain and she will start thinking about the things she like needs to do next or where she wants to be and think different things. Like she'll start processing like, mm, so let me think about what I need to do once I leave this place. Like, <laughs> Yes. Yes. If you have a five and you're on a one on one, well, you your mom is a five. So that's that's a blessing. So you can connect. But. You know, make sure they're there with you because they, I mean, we can pose, man. We can nod and, oh, yeah, that's what's up and all that. But we are like 2,000 miles away from you for real. We go into these, and I think Helen Palmer talks about these poses, man, these social poses. I'm sitting here and I might be eating dinner with you and I got this fork and, oh, yeah, man, that's good or whatever. But I am not there with you. I will check out the moment I'm uncomfortable or the moment I get overwhelmed, man. So, yeah, make sure, you know, Keep checking. Watch our eyes. Make sure we don't disappear on you, man, when you're dealing with a five, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me, um, let's talk about, I was thinking about this the um, the other day, actually. Um, I was talking to, to a five. I don't know who it was, but I was talking to a five. And you mentioned so much about, like, when you got excited about the Enneagram, you went out and got loads and loads of books, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so... As a seven, I do the same thing in one sense. Like I get super excited about something. I will just go buy loads and loads of books of it. But I think here's the difference. Like I get excited to get the book, 
<laughs> but I am not as excited to necessarily read it completely. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think a five is like, I'm going to dig into this book and I'm going to enjoy. Yes. Yes. We're going to lock in. You know what I mean? If it's something that we're excited about, we're going to lock in and barricade ourselves to the best of our ability. Now, again, I'm a father of nine. Uh, you know, I'm a husband of, it'll be 20 years. So I have a lot of people in my house. And so it's a struggle because once we lock in on something, man, I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter what's right. going on, man. Like, you know, we're all, we're fully engaged. So a focus five is, um, but I can relate to, you know, uh, when I go to seven under stress, because here's the other part of it. Fives can get stuck in preparation mode when we mm. have to do something. So I can run out and get a thousand books and I go to seven where I just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not finishing anything. Like gotcha. I get excited about it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> I get excited about it. And I'm like, Oh man, but what about this book? And Oh man, yeah, I need to do this. And then I got to watch this show and Oh man, I want to start game of Thrones. So yeah, everybody talking about game of Thrones. I need to do that. And, you know, so yeah, I, I can I can relate to that man when I'm under stress and I'm not, you know, in my in my right, uh, you know, my right, yeah, posture. I'll say it like that, put it lightly, you know. Yeah. No, you're right about that. I promise that that is that is my daily struggle, hundred percent. And I try to dive into the my fiveness, you know, try to go towards the five in order to like really process and get through the books. I'm like, okay, okay, sit down. Calm your mind, focus on this one thing, you got this, you know. Hopefully you have found some value in this podcast episode. You can help to keep this podcast going by supporting us on Patreon.com. Patreon.com is a site where you can support content providers. Podcasts are free to listeners, but not free for creators. It actually costs money and definitely time to produce consistent and weekly podcasts. I podcast because I want to reach people and change our community through the Enneagram. If you want to help in that by supporting me, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash do it for the gram. So is there is there a like a I'm thinking about the somatics of when a five is intrigued in something and they are diving into researching it and learning about it. Um, and growing knowledge, is there some type of somatic feeling that they have? Like when I get super excited about something, like there's a somatic feeling, not only in my head, but like in my body, like, oh yeah, like yeah. this is great. Is there some type of like when a five is taking in like really interesting information? It's man, it's funny, man, because I haven't read this book in years, but I keep going back to Helen Palmer's The Enneagram at working in love because she talks about a five and she talks about the avarice where there's a intense need to possess something. Right. You know, if there's something I really want, then all of a sudden the five who doesn't have needs, or at least we're in denial of our needs. Yeah. It's like, it's running through our whole being. So if there's a book that I want to get, and I keep referring to books or whatever, but it, it don't have to be books. Right. Um, but if it's something that I really want, yeah, it just takes over my whole being. Like I can totally, until I get it and that avarice, man, that need to possess. Okay. Once I, cause it psychologically, I feel like, okay, 
once I get this book, that's going to solve everything in my life. I mean, that's how it comes off. Like, right. okay, or, or once I do this thing or see this movie or or what, I, or some, it could be uh, um, a snack that I want. Something, oh man, they got this particular cheesecake. It's something brand new. Mm-hmm. Oh, once I get that, I'm thinking about it all day long. And it's just like taking over me. And then once I get it, and it's funny because the, all of a sudden the five who pulls back and doesn't have, well, so much, we, we tell ourselves we don't have needs. All of a sudden, man, we're just the total opposite. We're just like, com, you know, just converging on this one thing. And, right. you know, and until we get it, and then I, I guess we can relate like a, a seven, like, oh man, okay, now I got it. Now what? You, you know? <laughs> yep. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah, so it's, I mean, from my from my head to just, you know, just locking in, man, I'm totally locked in on something, you know, when I want to do it. You know, can I ask you a question? Go ahead. What is going to a five, and you mentioned it earlier, you started touching on it, um, what is, uh, and I've been curious about this, when you go to a five as a, as a, um, as a seven, man, what does that look like? Um, it definitely looks like, first of all, I slow down um so i slow down the things that i'm doing and the the way that i start to think and process so i did this the other day i think literally um yesterday um because my head was completely jumbled with tons of stuff um and so what i did is i took this notebook and one of the because i bullet journal uh if sevens haven't found how to bullet journal or anyone listen to the Enneagram, it's great um, for being able to have organization and structure, but not too much to like, you know, you bought something that's too structured for you. So it's a good balance. Um, And so I took two of the pages and I just wrote down everything in my head. And so it looks like just a blob of stuff on a page. Um, But when I was able to do that, when I could get those things out, now no longer they were sitting in my head so now i had them on paper so i could see them and then i can organize them and then i can figure out what's most important and able to do um and so that helps me to focus and that brings me to where i can go towards a five so mm-hmm. outwardly i look um i'm a little bit more calm um i'm actually this is what's interesting i'm more five around my family mm-hmm. um, than anywhere else um, mm. <laughs> on my like dad side because there's there's a lot of um emotional intensity and <clears throat> so it's just like too much for me it's a lot of I'd say eight intensity too and some four intensity it's just a little too much and so I fall back more into a five where I am not jumping around the place you know bringing entertainment all of that I'm just more cool calm and collected you know and we had an event yesterday I mean, I have my book out like in the computer out and I'm like typing and I'm still, you know, I'm still communicating with people, you know, I'm still social, but I'm like just more drawn in and it's more, I'm very, I'm very much more thoughtful in what I'm saying and I'm way more analytical. So it's way different than just going spouting, like just me saying something and dancing or singing or something, you know, something. Um, But it's just like, I kind of, I kind of come back into a, way more um um i would say calm state like my anxiety mm. is like at all time low when i'm moving towards the five mm. um 
and I'm able to really focus and be still. Uh, <laughs> and um, that's kind of how it looks for, I know, me going from seven and going towards the five, you know, and I just feel way more content with everything kind of deal. So it's me really, it's for sevens, like really slowing down because mm. we try, we're going too fast, you know, like. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's definitely how it looks. I know for me to slow down kind of deal. Makes sense. I got you. Got you. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, it's something I have to work on. It's a struggle. Um, <laughs> so um, it's overrated. Man. <laughs> this whole growth thing. What are we doing? Um, I, I do have a question for you, too, about. Um, so five, six and sevens are in the anxiety. Um, like we all experience anxiety. And it's really easy for me to understand sixes anxiety and sevens anxiety. Can you explain or do you experience anxiety? Oh, absolutely. And okay. I have battled depression for many, many years, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, I still battle it, but, but it's better with the inner work, you know, of course, right. uh, um, you know, I'm a big proponent of, I'm not currently in therapy, but I'm a big proponent of whatever you got to do that's healthy to get yourself right. Um, mm -hmm. you know, um, but yeah, the anxiety is wrapped around for me is scarcity. And okay. I touched on it earlier. It's just like, I'm not enough. There's not enough of me to go around. I can't meet the needs of the people around me. I can't meet the needs of my children. I can't meet the needs at work. It's, a, it's a, so I feel small, you right. know, I don't feel like there's enough of me. And so I get into it and then something may set it off or whatever. Um, uh, it might be a financial thing, uh, or that a financial obligation that I can't meet. And then it just, it, it just reaffirms that, see, you're not enough. And then it would send me into a depression, you know, um, and like I said, fives, we, we feel that we're, that we're too small mentally. And, um, and so, yeah, man, so the anxiety comes out, but we, we pull it in as opposed to a six that's asking questions and they're looking for guidance. And, you know, as, as a seven, I would imagine just, you know, pouring yourself into looking at future plans yep. and everything before five, it's like, uh, let me shut down, you know what I mean? And pull away. Okay. Isolate myself, but it's really a, 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 it's really fear of not being able to fulfill obligations, not being able to meet people's expectations or even my own expectations, you know. And um, sometimes I have to look up and say, okay, man, you're doing okay, man. You're not doing, you know, you've come a long way. Sometimes I'm so hard on myself and I don't see my growth, but I've grown tremendously. But again, that scarcity mindset is never enough. You know, and it's, yeah. it's 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 rough, man. It's rough. <laughs> no, that was great. Not because I've been wanting to, you know, like engage with a a five who's done work and can explain anxiety that happens within the five more deeply, and I love that. So it's tied to the scarcity. That makes so much sense. Yes. Which it's also tied to the fear, which is also tied to the competency issue, right? Ah, uh, yes. So let's talk about yes. competency. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> Man. Um, yeah, I, we want to be competent. We want right. 
to feel that we are uh it's and it's it's kind of and I'm thinking about a three, but it's different from a three where I always say this, man. Um you gotta remember with fives, we prepare and I was trying not to do this for this interview. I really wanted to be authentic and so I tried not to like sit here and, and, and like you know and uh social I mean not social but mentally like rehearsing in my head and everything right. I did a good job of that so um because we're afraid to look incompetent so I always say this like I say this at work a lot I, it's hard to hit me with a punch that I have not prepared for mm. you know I compare myself mentally to like Floyd Mayweather he, he didn't get hit a lot because he was prepared for True. But when he does get hit, <laughs> it rocks him. You know what I'm saying? So I'm preparing for every situation. If if there's a situation where I gotta uh, talk to somebody at work or whatever, and it's a, a pro- I'm I'm preparing for whatever could be thrown at me, mm-hmm. because my fear is to get as they say in slang, get caught lacking. You mm-hmm. know, get caught slipping, get caught blind, yep. get blindsided, man. Because then I don't have a defense, and I'm just totally like you know, exposed, you know, I don't, I don't have a defense. So yeah, man, that, that competency thing is, is big in our ego. Uh, and I didn't even realize that I was talking to, again, Jason, my friend, that's an eight. And I was saying like, I pride myself on being the, the, the smart guy. I didn't even, I don't even consciously do it at work, but it's like, Hey, if you got a problem, you know, Right. Call me, and you know the 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 the, uh, the wise guy. You know, what I mean, that's my posture and everything. And I said, man, I didn't even realize I do it, but it's just like, yeah, I want to be seen as somebody that's competent, that knows, and everything. Mm-hmm. It feeds my ego. I think it's pure motivation, but it's part of my ego structure too. So, <laughs> yeah, that ego structure, something else, man. <laughs> yes, <Gosh>. sir. <laughs> yeah, Disney man. As a seven, you were talking about, you know, the fear. Like coming to the realization that I have quite a bit of fear and way more than I thought I did was like mind blowing. I was like, oh, you're not doing that because you're scared. Like what? Right. Right. (laughs) You know, me, I'm rational. Uh (laughs) No, I just said you're attacking, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Man. So that's been ooh, blind. Like you said, blindside hit like, oh. Which are the worst hits, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I have a, a a coworker that's a seven, and um, you know this guy, he brings so much energy into the room, man, and and he's a good guy, you know. And then when I talk to him one on one, he resents the fact that people see him as this guy that's live and and mm-hmm. funny and everything. But he's such a smart guy, but people don't see that. Yeah. But he struggles with that because that's what he presents. But at the same time, he doesn't want to be typecasted like that, man. So I kind of see the the struggle, you know, that he goes through as a seven, man. It's something else, man. Seriously. <laughs> like, okay. So speaking on that, that is something that all of us sevens, you know, like struggle with. So I have used my eight wing and I've used going towards a five in situations where it's like a professional situation. I've used those two. To present myself in a way more calm, professional way. So I'm not, you know, put in a box like, oh, he's the funny, live, exciting person. And that's it, you know? Right. Um, So you're, man, I understand his struggle 110% because that is something throughout life I have struggled with. All right. Well, is there any last words that you have um, 
or either how people can reach you if you want them to reach you um, and that type of information. I appreciate the disclaimer, you know, okay, he's a five. He might not want to <laughs> <him>, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm Amari Wazir, man. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm working on some things now, so I have, um, you know, but, you know, in the future. But I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, and, no, just I encourage those who are listening, man, to continue to self the work, you know what I mean, to work on self and even those who are students of the Enneagram to continue to, to work and not make it a religion where we just show right. up and we're not actually doing the, the inner work or whatever. We're trying to save everybody else and not ourselves, man, but just to continue to self work, continue to read things and, and better ourselves, man. And, um, and no, nah, man, I, I thank you, man. I'm, it's an honor. It's a pleasure, man. And I thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Um, thank you. This is, this is absolutely great. Probably have to have you on a future episode. All right, so I'm going to wrap it up. All right, so that's all we have for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share. That is rate, which helps uh, others find the show. Subscribe to get the latest and greatest episodes and share if you feel this information can benefit someone you know. If you need personal life coaching or career coaching through the use of the Enneagram, you can um, do it through my organization, Kaizen Careers Coaching and Consulting, LLC. You can contact Kaizen at kaizencareers.com or Milton at kaizencareers.com or 901-334-1644. Also, if you would like to be a Patreon supporter like Isidore um, from Canada, you can go to patreon.com, do it for the gram. The Patreon community has more access to exclusive content, merchandise, and input on the podcast. Last thing, um, if you go to doitforthegrampodcast.com and subscribe, you can receive a free gift. It's a PDF of each number. You can also... Um, read some really good blog posts from different numbers. And if you're a five and you're feeling like you want to be reclusive in a space where you know you shouldn't be, pause, make a better choice, and do it for the gram. The Enneagram, of course. Thanks for listening.